What a treat. I love that song. Third day. I, that's the only worship song I've ever led. And uh, I learned that song in, I think, 2009. I sang it with a college group. It's the last time I led worship. That's for a reason. <laughs> I, uh, isn't it great to come together to worship Christ? Um, I'm excited about what God is doing, and I'm excited about how God is working in your life and the life of the church as we fulfill His mission here in Casper to make disciples. And uh, as we begin today, I, want, I just want to ask, uh, now raise your hand if you know what Mount St. Helens is. Most of us know what that is. I, uh, I was four and a half years old when I learned of Mount St. Helens. If you've not, Mount St. Helens is an active volcano located in the southern part of the state of Washington. Its most famous eruption was on May 18th, 1980. Now I share that first uh, because they say it was the most famous eruption because there was other eruptions. But the most famous one was May 18th, 1980. It killed 57 people, uh, destroyed 250 homes, and it caused billions of dollars worth of damage. It was the most destructive volcano event in American history. The final eruption of Mount St. Helens in May of 1980 was not a sudden event. For two months prior to the massive blast, the most deadly and destructive in American history, earthquakes and volcanic activity signaled a major event was underway. They had a lot of warning signs that this was going to happen. Authorities had plenty of time to sound the alarm and warn those living nearby of the looming danger. Yet despite the seriousness of the threat, some people chose to disregard the warnings. Probably the, the best known of those who refused to evacuate was Harry Randall Truman. Raise your hand if you remember. I got a picture of him if you remember him in the news. And, and you can look him up and, and watch videos of him um, from this time period. He was an 83-year-old man. He'd been a prospector. He'd moved out here uh, to Washington. He was a prospector, a bootlegger, and a mechanic, and then became the owner and caretaker at the Mount St. Helens Lodge at Spirit Lake. He had survived the sinking of his troop ship by uh, a subship by a German submarine off the coast of Ireland during World War I. And he was not about just to leave because people said there was danger. He was kind of a man of grit. If you watch video, you're going to see he has a gritty language as well. Um, but Truman told reporters when they were trying to get him to leave, he said, I don't have any idea whether it will blow, but I don't believe it at this point. Um, that I'm going to pack it up and just leave. And on May 18, 1980, Truman and his lodge were buried beneath 150 feet of mud and debris from the volcanic eruption, and his body was never found. Now, church, just like Mount St. Helens, we are given all kinds of warnings and all kinds of scenarios in our life. Uh, for the most part, as we were singing today and as we were reading the Scripture, um, you know, for the most part, when the storm is coming. Uh, you know the patterns of Wyoming. You know the pattern where we're from. We can smell rain coming. You know uh, when it's going to be a thunderstorm. You can see things in the distance as they are coming. Um, you know uh, the signs of high winds. If something is rattling in your car, it's a warning sign that there might be an issue. Uh, if your body is aching, <laughs> when you get to your 30s and 40s, it aches even more. But these are warning signs. One, that something may be broke, and one, the other is that you're getting old. Uh, I used to wake up and just bounce out of bed. Now I'm like, slowly get out. Wait, I can't move that way or I'll throw my back out, you know. So 
But there's warning signs even in our body. Uh, feelings of dizziness, all kinds of things like that are warning signs. There are also many warning signs for us found throughout the Scriptures concerning Christ's coming as we're singing about heaven, uh, about the apocalypse, if you will, about uh, heavenly things and the coming of Christ. Um, God has given us many warnings about this reality. Uh, he is Throughout the Scriptures, we are told about the day of the Lord. It's referred to as that great day. Christ talks about it as His coming. And a proof text right here at the beginning is that it was prophesied that Christ, the Messiah, would come. And He did come. Uh, we celebrate that every Christmas. But Christ also said, I am coming again. So if it was prophesied that He would come and He came, and He tells us that He is coming again, we can bank on the fact that Christ will return and we can expect these things. Uh, and it will happen, I should say it this way, it will not happen without warning. We will have warnings. We have warnings, and we will know. And he has given us clear warning signs about this. Uh, warnings about disobedience are found throughout the Scripture. Warnings about living a wicked life as evildoers evil do. Warnings about falling away. We talked about that two weeks ago. Warnings about us to be ready for the coming of Christ and the judgment. That is a big portion of the gospel, by the way. Um, for years, we were trying to get people to believe in Jesus Christ. Well, God loves you. You need to believe in Him. Well, why? Well, you need to be saved. Saved from what? That's why we've been spending time talking about what the reality of salvation is and what you are saved from. We've told people they need to believe the good news. Why is it good news? Because there is bad news. The bad news is that the world is in sin. You have a sinful heart. It needs to be saved. The good news is that this loving God has sent His Son into the world to die for you. For the death that you deserve for living away from God. We have been corrupted by the world. We will die and go away from God if we don't believe in Jesus Christ. The good news is that God loves you. He's willing to save you. You trust in Him that He died on the cross. That His blood was shed for you. That he made substitution for you. And that he rose again to give us eternal life. It is proof for us as Christians. But there's all kinds of warnings for us to be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ and the judgment. And I would like to add this today. Out of all the awesome things that are in Scripture and all the good things, I think we've neglected to say that judgment and these warnings are actually good things and the grace of God. The fact that we actually have warnings is a grace. It, is, it displays the patience and love of God. That the people saw Noah building this ark. They had every warning. It says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. But the world was in sin. The world has been given many warnings. Um, that is a big thing that we believe as well, is that there is a coming judgment. We want people to respond before that time. Um, and so that is a good thing for us. He has given us many opportunities. Um, and the reason is there's coming a time where the door for salvation will be shut like the ark. Uh, and then the destruction will come. And Jesus talks about that, just like the days of Noah, it will be in the coming of Christ. Now, we've read Scripture this morning, we have saw that together, I have a brief portion to recap. We're going to look at Luke chapter 21, we just have a few more chapters to get through in the life of Jesus. Uh, recap here, verses 34 through 36. Jesus says, and this is what Jesus is saying. Now last week, I don't know if I told first service or second service, the reason we are going through the life of Jesus is to see what Jesus had to say. Not to listen to all these people who are trying to tell you what, who Jesus is 
in what he said, but rather let's look at what Jesus actually has to say about himself and the coming judgment. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. Dissipation means, for the most part, sensuality, um, drunken orgies is basically what he's saying here, and the cares of life. And that day, um, that, that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. This gospel is to go out to all. Um, this warning is not just to us, it is to the entire world. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. That means that if we are rescued, if we are part of the plan of salvation, that we stand before Christ. We are not ashamed. We are welcomed there. So let's pray together this morning. Father in heaven, we love you as your people. And Lord, I don't know where everybody is in their walk and their faith and I pray as we hear your teachings today, we are uh, awakened by the warnings. That we are truly watching ourselves. Um, that we're not pulled away by the cares of life. That we're not entertaining ourselves to death and being drunk to put things away and, and not facing the reality of the issues. Uh, Lord, that we are alive and we love your teachings. And Lord, as we receive the warnings that we tell others as well, that there's good news because there's bad news and that you are in the business of saving people and that's why we're here as a church. But we pray that people are convicted. And Lord, if somebody is new to the faith, that is, Lord, that they say yes to you today. Uh, Lord, if somebody has drifted, that they return to you. They're, they re recommit their lives to you. Lord, if somebody is questioning these things, that you display your truth your life in their mind. Uh, Lord, that they are transformed by the renewing of their mind. And Lord, that we continue to preach truth, that we are an obedient people, that we love you, that we love your teachings, that we love everything about the salvation you've given us. And you bless your words as they go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, church, last week we dealt with some of Christ's wonderful teachings on money. Um, usually if somebody's coughing, I'm, uh, we're talking about money, but they're, <laughs> they're coughing ahead of time. Uh, but we are to lay up our treasures in heaven. We talked about that, not toys on earth. And we dealt with the beautiful worship of the widow's offering. And I can't get over it. Uh, where I am in my life, you know, I've been studying the Scripture for years. And what happens is, like, you're deepening your relationship with Christ. And you're coming back through the scriptures, these things you've heard messages on, you've read devotions on, you've read the scripture, you've heard about it. And then you're coming back through it again with a fresh look. And as you've matured in your faith, um, God has something new to say to you at this point in your life, regardless of where you are. Money applies when you're young, when you're middle-aged, when you're older. And the very worship of this widow, I love that. It was wonderful to get into those things. Uh, and Jesus had a lot to say about our hearts and money, and we shouldn't avoid or bypass his powerful teachings. We need to put it out there. God's people need uh, his words. But it is my duty as your pastor. Now, if I said the word duty in, in the car with Emma, she's going to start giggling. It's like, hee, hey. we, we were listening to something on the radio one time, and they, this military guy was very serious. And he said, it is my duty to do these things. And Emma's like, hee, he said duty. And uh, so as a pastor, though, it is my military-like spiritual duty as a pastor. Uh, as the one God has gifted and called, I mean, I'm called to be a pastor and a teacher and a preacher. And God called me to Wyoming 
uh, for a purpose. And as a pastor, it is my calling to give the entire teachings of Scripture. Uh, I like what Paul says. I have not failed to give you the whole counsel, um, the good and the bad, uh, all these things. And so as a pastor, it is my calling to give you those things, not to bypass anything. Uh, It is my duty to preach the gospel, to encourage you to love God, to love one another, to live holy lives, uh, to do good works, that we are to be zealous for doing good. Uh, But it is also my uh, duty to warn you that there are warnings in scriptures. Jesus tells us of these things. And they should actually at times, I get chills even reading these things because the reality of the spiritual significance And uh, they should quicken us, they should convict us, and speak to us when we share them. But I've done my best, as I said, to share the whole counsel of God. There is sin, sin is in the world, and then there is the plan of salvation. There's truth, there's grace, the cross, and not only the cross, the crucified life that we live for Christ. There's eternal life, and there is also eternal death. Um, love and judgment, heaven and hell, the judgment to come, the life everlasting, eternity with Christ. All these things are the teachings of Christ. Now Jesus said in in part of our text today, the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Uh, Last year, I felt my first Wyoming earthquake. I felt an earthquake in North Carolina before. It was one that actually took place in Virginia, but we felt it in North Carolina and actually felt the building like tremble and a wave kind of go through it. The earthquakes in Wyoming are different like everything else. It was like a pow, boom! I was like, this is different. It was an explosion. No, it was an earthquake. So I guess the way these things were shifting. Um, The earth shifts, and that scares us enough. I mean, just the things that tremble in the world, the boom of of a thunderstorm. Jesus says, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. That means the entire world who is still alive when Christ returns is actually going to see visually Christ coming in the clouds with all His glory. So things are going to shake and and Christ talks about these signs that will happen along the way. And the reason we warn God's people is because there's no point in running to the ark when the doors close and the flood has come. The warning has to happen first. The door was shut and God shut the door to the ark and then the flood came and it's too late. Um, there's no time to fall on your knees and repent from sin when Christ is coming in all His glory. And as the earth moves away and all these things dissolve, you're not even going to be able to fall on your knees. There's nothing to fall to. The end has come. So the warning has to take place first. And here in our text today, Jesus instructs us, but watch yourselves. There's warnings here for a reason. Because two weeks ago we talked about there's a spiritual drift that can happen. Um, That we can um, fall back asleep. That we can drift in our mind and our thinking as Christians. So here it is, Jesus is telling us that we are to pay attention. To fight the spiritual drift. To be revived in the life of Christ and what we really believe. And it is good to like stand on this foundation of God's truth. And it is also good to know what we believe. That this is what Christ said, I believe it, I live it out, I have confidence in those things. Uh, In fact, one of my big uh, beliefs right now that we're encouraging is for everybody to be in a class. So it's not just to come and worship and sing and leave. We want to do more than that. We want to have a robust 
uh, spiritual walk with Christ. So we encourage people to be in classes for two primary reasons. One, that you can be discipled, learn the truth of God, and build Christian relationships. Because Christians care for one another, and we should be looking out for one another, praying for one another through all these things. So here's a few things we need to talk about today. One that we are to, to watch, Jesus says here, that you are to watch your own heart. Uh, we are to watch one another and be after one another, but here first, ourselves, verse 34, but watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. We're watching, we have the warnings, so the day doesn't come and it's too late. Now, we are a people of faith and we believe from the heart, but we can be fooled in our hearts as well. When people say, follow your heart, I want to tell them, the Bible says your heart is desperately wicked, <laughs> you know, just trust your heart. We, we, uh, a new thing that happened years ago, I had a young man that we were counseling for marriage, and he was telling me, well, we're already married in our heart. And I was like, what, in the world, what does that mean? <laughs> is that just a new thing to say it's okay to live in sin before you get married? I guess. The point is, is that we need to be careful and watch our heart because it can be deceived. Because it is deceitful, it is wicked, unless it's been transformed by Jesus Christ. We can be fooled by our heart as well. Jesus is saying to pay attention, watch yourselves, that you are not weighed down with two things, he says here, pretty simple. Uh, things that corrupt your mind and life. If you would scroll forward to this next part here. Um, the things that corrupt your mind and life are these. Drunken parties. Um, I, I'm looking back on my own life, and I'm thankful that I was spared a lot of the party scenarios, though I've been to some. Um, but getting drunk causes you to let down your guard. I've had people tell me, I can have a few and be okay. And everyone that's ever said that has gotten drunk. I just have two. Why an empty case? <laughs> you know, I was just like, how does this end? Uh, and now, I don't want to step on the grace that some people have in that. We've talked about those things. Uh, but we need to be careful of drunkenness because we let down our guard uh, to all kinds of evil. And to be uh, honest, uh, here's the thing in our culture we've forgotten. Even in health, the people that are healthy and they want to run, you know, people running in the morning and no one's chasing them, those healthy people like that. Uh, we want to take care of ourselves, right? Uh, and that is a big uh, push in our, in our culture to be healthy, to take care of yourself. But drinking... Uh, alcohol kills brain cells, by the way. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, just somebody has one drink or something like that, a, a beer and a burger. I'm saying somebody that's consistently drinking on a regular basis, is kill, you're killing your brain cells. There is destruction. That's just a side note in those things. Uh, I never went to parties for the most part in high school. I did stop by a party when I was at Myrtle Beach at spring break. I think it was my junior year. And I saw everybody drunk when I walked into this hotel room with a friend, and I was not drinking, it was weird, and, uh, and this guy saw me, I know who you are, I hate you, you want to fight, and I was like, what is wrong with people? But I also saw um, a young girl who was drunk, and a guy taking advantage of her, because she'd let down her guard, and she put her in that scenario, and I, we were trying to pull this guy off, and she, you know, she was drunk, it was nuts. Um, but here it is. There's no benefit in getting drunk. No one's life gets better going off with friends to drunken orgies and parties. I've never met anybody who went to a party, man, and said, man, things have gotten better in my life. 
I mean, I threw up all night. I mean, seriously, think about those things. When you are invited to certain scenarios and you put yourself into certain situations, think about that. Is this really good for me um, to watch those things? Um, the cares of the world, he says here. So to be mindful of the things that corrupt your mind, um, drunkenness, uh, sensuality, all those things, and also the cares of life, the cares of the world. What does this mean? Uh, when we're concerned about doing life based on what the world says, when we've conformed our life to the patterns of the world, we're moving away from God because we're trying to do life like the world rather than what God's Word teaches us. Now, Jesus gives a parable of what happens when we do this in Mark chapter 4 and also in Luke 8. We've gone through that about the sower and the seed. And he says, and others are the ones sown among thorns. These seeds are cast out. And here it is. He's given an illustration of some that have been cast among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for uh, other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that are sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. So you're seeing a difference here, and I want you to know that uh, doing life is, is challenging at, at every age. A young person, teenagers, 20s, 30s, 40s, co-workers, you're dealing with all kinds of relationships. You're invited to scenarios you shouldn't be in. But here it is, Jesus is saying, when these seeds are cast among thorns, these are the people of the world and the cares of life that choke faith out of you. I've been watching for years people step forward. They start to believe in Jesus Christ. They're convicted. I've, I've prayed with people at the altar. I've even baptized people. But the cares of life came in, and the faith is choked out, and they've walked away. And we want the seed to fall upon good ground. Paul tells us that a good soldier does not get entangled with the affairs of the world. That means Christ is more important than my career. Christ's mission is more important than money. Uh, people get pulled away with greed. I, I've known people that wanted to make more money, more money, more money, and they got caught up in all these schemes. And I'll sit down and talk to them about how much, um, how much time they're putting in, how much money they're really making, and they're not making a lot of money. They're just rushing around trying to make a lot of money, wasting a lot of time. We see envy. Uh, social media envy is huge, huge in our culture. You see pictures of people posting things, and they're all smiling. And, uh, oh, man, their family must be great, but you don't see behind the scenes. And we feel like, oh, somebody else went on a vacation. That means we have to go on a vacation. There's all this jealousy and envy. That is worldliness. Um, I think we should take care of ourselves. There's an ongoing battle in my life. Uh, I have a hate a love-hate relationship with food, <laughs> I, or desserts, that is. I love it, um, but then it loves to stay on my body, you know. So there's this hate relationship thing. Uh, and personal health is huge. I think we should take care of ourselves. But it should not take the place of the mission of God. Relationships are detrimental. Uh, if you're not, this is the way a relationship should work, that we are building relationships to lead them to Jesus. We're not building relationships for them to pull us away. And you should watch those relationships. We should be very mindful uh, and be careful of those things. Uh, some people are afraid to do life because of the cares of the world. We're in a culture where people are filled with worry and anxiety and stress because of the uncertainty in the world. And the, mo the main reason this anxiousness is here, I sense it. I watch it. The Holy Spirit speaks to me about it. And sometimes I feel it on the behalf of people. Um, 
it is here predominantly in our culture because we have removed God. There used to be a time where we trusted in God. I mean, it was God bless America. These were songs that we sang. Now, I'm trying to tell people that America should bless God, but we sang these songs. Even the money says that God, we are to trust in God. It was God. Prayer was in school. Uh, the Ten Commandments. There was elements of God in the culture, but we began, our culture began to eradicate God from what we had in schools and in the culture. And there's this depression there's this nothingness and removing of God from culture, and now people feel this way. There's this intense depression. Uh, when I was dealing with young people, and still do, but uh, teens and college and career, they were cutting themselves. And I joke around, and I say, when we were young, we played outside, so the world cut us. It was normal. We felt like we were doing life. Uh, but there was something within them that made them feel like they had to cut. And I had some of them that were doing it with an eraser. They'd do it like that until it kind of burned and cut them. They were trying to hide it on their bodies. And parents would say, by the way, I found cut marks on my daughter and, my, and these things, predominantly young women. Um, but there's this absence. And they feel like they need to feel something because we've removed God. And God should be filling our lives because he has a purpose for us. He has a destiny for us. There's meaning in what God has for us. Uh, we've removed God and put the world, the world's ways in place of God. Remember all the people who said they were going to come back after COVID? Where are they? I wanna, now, I've said this several times in, in, in 2020 and 2021. Um, now, COVID is the new flu. It's not going away. However, I remember seeing people say that uh, I can't come to church, uh, <coughs> COVID, all these things. But they'd post pictures that they were out doing life like normal. And I was like, weird. That they felt like they had to lie. But some, what, this is what happened. I'm not saying COVID's not real. Um, Satan used COVID to remove faith from people to disconnect them from the life of Christ and the church. Have you seen it happen? There was families that were part of this church that had started coming more and then didn't come back. Well, COVID will come back after COVID. They have not come back, but they still do life. They do everything else as normal. It is strange that Satan could corrupt that, but he does. The cares of life choke out the seed and the word of God. They've been corrupted by the cares of the world. And actually, Jesus says, weighed down by it. If you're not careful, you will take on the weight of the world and you cannot sustain it. You cannot hold up the pressures of the world. They will corrupt you. They will push you down. They will take you down. Anxiety and stress and fear and uncertainty and turmoil. I am more stressed out when I'm not spending more time with God at this point in my life. I'm frustrated and I'm ill and I need to spend more time with God to make sure I'm depending on Him. And Jesus says, everybody is weighed down by all these cares of the world. And He says, my burden is light. That I can take care of these things for you. Now this warning here should wake us up, uh, every spouse, every parent, and every child, to not run in the rat race constructed by Satan and marketed by the sinful world. We're getting caught up in the things of the world and they are destroying us and they're choking out the Word of God. 
And we should all be prepared for the coming of Christ. The next thing I want you to see is that we are to stay awake at all times. Verses 35 through 36. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth, this coming judgment. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Two things here in this section. To stay awake and to be praying. Now this is not like a horror movie. Um, raise your hand if you remember Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger movies. You had to stay awake. Um, if, you, if you fell asleep, you're going to die. You know, these horror movies, they have all these things. They have to drink energy drinks to stay awake for Freddy's going to give them. Only five people know what Freddy Krueger is. That's great. I'm glad because you shouldn't be watching those movies. They're horrible movies. Um, but here it is. When we're talking about staying awake, we mean spiritual alertness. Of course, you should be able to go to sleep and rest. And as we are awake, we are aware of the things that are going on in the world, that we understand the truth of God and what's taking place, that we need Jesus in our life. Uh, we need spiritual alertness. In fact, situational awareness wherever we are. And if you've trusted in Christ, you've been made alive and you are spiritually awake. Paul says that. Rise from the dead, awake from the slumber. If you have the Spirit of Christ, you are awake, you are alive. But now you must stay awake. You must be alert. You must not fall asleep on watch as a soldier of Christ. We are soldiers. We're called to this mission. We're on watch for ourselves. We're on watch for our family. We're on watch for the culture and the things going on in the world. And you're to be careful not to fall back into the patterns of the world. Raise your hand if you've heard of Dave Ramsey. Financial planning. You want to know something fascinating? People will do uh, Financial Peace University in church. They learn to do good with their finances. And then, for some reason, they fall back and continue. They, all of a sudden, they're out of debt, and they realize, we can go back in debt. <laughs> and they, go, they fall back. Why is that? Because we have a tendency to slip away, to fall asleep, to drift, and we are to stay, move forward. I've learned these instructions of Christ. I want to move forward and do better with my finance. All things, all things. We stay awake by serving Christ. Here's something in our culture, and I, felt, I, like, I feel like this is an ongoing battle because um, streaming, I love streaming. Uh, I'll remember, cable was expensive, and then all of a sudden people have 10 streaming services, and they're paying more than cable. Um, but you have these streaming services, I love it. It's like boop, 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 and you find that show you like, and you're, you're watching it, and uh, Emma has discovered recess. I, none of you guys don't know what it is. We love it. It doesn't matter cartoon about kindergarten i'm in fifth grade great uh and the show's over it, we're laughing we're having a good old time and then it starts to say next episode we'll play in 15 seconds now you can go ahead and hit enter and go and watch the next one or you can wait 15 seconds it's going to start for you because they're going to make you watch the next one one way or another then the next one happens in the next one and it's easy to fall into this isn't it we binge watch shows i wrestle with that because these shows are awesome when I was young, you had to wait to the next episode, like a week and seasons and all this. Now you can watch season one, two, three, four, and five, and you're like, they stopped at five? There's no six, seven, and eight. You know, all these things. But if we're not careful, we can fall into this pattern of we're being entertained. Yes, have some entertainment. Yes, have some recreation. But it must be brought under the authority of Christ. There must be a boundary. There should be a boundary for what I watch, the type of things I watch, how much time I give to those things. We should be cautious in these things. I think uh, we can be uh, a little too entertaining in the church today. I think I was talking to Jay last week about we ought to do like an underground church Sunday. 
Uh, like if power went out or you had to be careful that no one heard you, that we didn't have all the streaming and all the electricity and just do church like they're having to do in China and other places uh, to see what it is like um, that we're not always having all the screens and all these things. We must stay awake. And he says here, praying for strength. Here's the deal. How do I stay awake? How do I watch? I'm praying I'm seeking God's ways. Lord, help me in this. I need your help. I need your truth. He's speaking to you and telling you how to, to trim things away. He convicts you about things. The Holy Spirit is here to tell us, yes, this is good, but too much is bad. Yes, these things are okay, but you, this cannot become your God. At the end of the list of spiritual armor that Paul gives us in Ephesians chapter 6, every time you go through spiritual armor, they always tell you all the things that you're to put on. And the next thing is actually seven, that we are to pray, and pray always. How does the armor even work? We are to pray for strength, to pray that we do not give in to temptation, that we stay awake. Paul tells us to, to that, um, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Praying, 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 keeping alert. Now in closing, I want to share something a little different with you today. Um, raise your hand if you have the YouVersion Bible app. I encourage everyone to get it. It's free. They're almost at like a billion users right now. I love it. Uh, when I first had it, I thought it was just about having the Bible on my screen. I didn't care for it. You know, I, I want the, the written thing so I can write in here and everything. Now you can do notes on it. Boop, 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 boop. You can make little images and send it to people. Uh, you can have relationships with people. You can do devotions with people. But I want you to, to see something today that they caught on to. Because you have millions of users on the, on the verge of a billion. And they can see what verses are used the most. And so we, and I encourage everyone to get it. It is a free uh, thing that you can put on your phone. It's a free app. Um, anxiety and worry and stress are taking people captive in the world. Um, they've increased. We've already spoken about that. And the team who runs the YouVersion Bible app documented something that I want to share with you. In 2019, around the world, the Bible verse most engaged with throughout the year was Philippians 4.6. I have it here for you to see. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Out of all verses... That is the verse that was engaged the most worldwide. Why is that? Because people are stressed, they worry, they have anxiety. But it has the solution in that as well. It's not just, hey, you're worried, I'm concerned. It's that, what is the solution? To pray always. To be seeking Christ. So people are searching about worrying and because they're worrying. But then a lot happened in 2020. So that was 2019. And then 2020 happens. And uh, a year marked uh, uh, with uncertainty and turmoil. Um, more people than ever turned to the Bible for hope. The YouVersion community completed over 600 million searches within the app in 2020. 600 million um, um, searches. An 80% increase over the previous year. So people already had the Bible app. People were using it. They had this most used verse and there's an 80% increase from 2019 to 2020. Huge. And here's the most shared and used verse of 2020. Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid. 
Now, first you say, don't have anxiety, pray. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. This is what we believe as Christians. This is what our culture needs. They need God. They need to be able to pray. They need to know that God is with them. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. The solution. There's a problem and the solution. In 2021, following a record-breaking 2020, the YouVersion community remained highly engaged in the Bible throughout 2021. The Bible verse that engaged the top spot in that year was Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And yes, you see that people are experienced. This is real. I am depressed. I am anxious. I'm stressed. I'm worried. And the Bible app, here it is, the Word of God. Pray. Uh, don't worry. I am with you. This is the God we believe in. And then the transition happens. Now it's moved away from worry and people are learning now. Seek first God's kingdom. All His righteousness. And these things will be added to you. The people at the Version Bible app said this, we're encouraged to see high levels of Bible engagement again this year because it means people are turning to God and the Bible for answers to their questions. Even our verse of the year points to the heart of the Version community to seek God and to know Him, to seek first the kingdom of God. Church, people are shifting from the cares of the world to the Word of God in a relationship with Him. So as we close today... How do we deal with these things? How do I stay on guard? How do I watch? How do I stay awake? The answer is simple. Pray. Seek first the kingdom of God. And put Him first. Let's close in prayer. God in heaven, we thank You for Your truth and Your high priestly prayer as You prayed to Your Father. You said to sanctify them with your truth, your word is truth. And we have been sanctified by your truth today. And I pray as we are still ministering to this world who is lost, who are in desperate need of you, we see these things in reality that people are anxious and stressed, but we also see the answer has always been you. And I pray today that we put you first again. And maybe somebody here needs to recommit their life to you. Maybe someone here today needs to just say, yes, for the first time, I commit my ways to you. I want to believe in you. The world is not answering, giving the right answers. And Lord, you are the one who loves us, who has the better plan for our life and the destiny in you. And Lord, as we are awakened, as we come alive again, that we warn those, that we talk to other family members about the good news of Jesus Christ, that He has come into the world to save us from our sins, to restore our relationship with the Father, that we may be born again, uh, made new, that we may have eternal life. And Lord, we thank You that You are the God that gives all this grace. You are the God who gives us warnings, that tells us to prepare for Your coming. And I pray that You bless Your people as they go forward today to live out the mission to live in conviction, to live with commitment, and to pursue Christ's likeness. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, if you would stand with us as we close. Um.
May the Lord bless you today as you go in grace and peace. May you live out the mission. A big reminder, we have a class in here in just a few moments. We have classes for all ages. We'd love for you to stay for those. Go in grace and peace. You are dismissed. You are loved. Bless you.